pilot and ground crew began negotiating for power. The start cart on the tarmac revved up its turbine. A few moments later, the Phantom's right engine cranked to life, its growl mimicking a tiger protecting his food. Glory B's left engine kicked in and the plane shuddered against her brakes, Fitzmaurice pushing power to about 14%. Fuel flow nudged 500 pounds per minute. The indicators swung up green. Good to go, boys. Good to go. Glory B rocked expectantly as her two passengers worked through their checklists, making sure they were ready. Finally, she loped forward, winking at the end of runway crew as she paused to have her missiles armed. She was so anxious. She almost refused to hold short when the pilot had to stop and run through another of his interminable checklists. Finally cleared, she roared into the sky after the F-16s, a proud mare chasing down her foals. Roughly an hour and a half later, Glory B held her wings stiff as she bucked through turbulence deep in enemy territory. The area below belonged to Iraqi Kurds, who were currently engaged in a low-intensity, multidimensional war against not only Saddam Hussein's army, but themselves. Infighting between the various Kurdish factions had helped Saddam consolidate power in the northern mountains above the Euphrates. Though ostensibly forbidden to use force there by the decrees that ended the Gulf War— he was currently backing his Kurds against the others with light tanks and ground troops. The F-16s were on the lookout for helicopters. The Iraqis occasionally used them to attack villages sympathetic to the guerrillas. "'You awake back there?' Fitzmaurice asked. "'Can't you hear me snoring, stick boy?' "'Just don't play with the steering wheel,' answered the pilot. It was an old joke. The G model of the Phantom featured a stick and flight controls in the rear cockpit. Glory be, this is Falcon Leader, the F-16 commander broke in. We have some movement on the highway in Box Able Able 2. We're going to take a look. Roger that, replied the pilot. Fitzmaurice adjusted his course to take them farther east following the fighters. As they swung south, their AWACS gave them an update. Nothing hostile in the sky. Thirty seconds later, an SA-2 icon blossomed in the right corner of the plane position indicator at the center of Torpin's dash. In the quarter second it took his fingers to respond, his brain plotted the flicker of light against the mission brief. Then he began doing several things simultaneously, cursoring the target and transmitting data to one of the AGM-88 Harm missiles beneath his wings. Two small gun-dish icons flashed on the left side of the threat screen— their legends showing they were about five miles closer than the SA-2, but well beyond their firing range. Smart enough to sort and prioritize the threats, the APR-47 concentrated on the long-range missile. Torben, who could override the system, agreed. "'Got it, too,' he told Fitzmaurice. They were about thirty miles away. His gear flashed. An SA-8 had come up. It was flicking on and off, but his gear got a decent read anyway, marking it just beyond the SA-2 site, out of range for the admittedly nasty missile. He'd take it after the SA-2. They were almost in position to fire. The SA-2's radar went off, but it was too late. Torben had the location tattooed on his harm's forehead. But just then one of the Falcon pilots broke in. I'm spiked! An SA-8! No, you're not, thought Torben. Don't overreact. The radar had just flicked off. There was a launch, but it was the SA-2, which now seemed to be running without guidance. 
Torben, said Fitzmorris. Shit, twenty-five miles scope, shit. Right turn, Torben said. Relax, the F-16's okay, the only thing that can get him is the two, and its radar just went off. He'll beat it. Yeah. All right, we have an SA-8 south, there are SA-9s well south, said Torben. His threat scope was suddenly very crowded. Not players. Shit. Out of range, we'll take my two, then the eight. Balls of black, red, gray, and white flak rose in the distance. More indications lit the screen, more radars. Torben had never seen so many contacts before. Radars were switching on and off throughout a wide swath of territory. The Iraqis were trying something new. The APR-47 hung with them all like a trooper, though the sheer number of contacts was pushing it toward its design limits. Torben, fifteen miles, start your turn in three, Torben.